Hey, welcome everybody to another Direct Connect with Archer. This time I'm joined by Stacy Bressler. Hey, Stacy, how's it going? Oh, going awesome. Glad to be on here. It's a great uh, pre-memorial day Friday, so any big plans for the weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm going to um, spend some time uh, at the barbecue. Uh, I think that's uh, apropos for the weekend and uh, cook up some brats and have some family members over and get ourselves, uh, you know, a little stuffed. and Perfect. Maybe Maybe take some power naps. <laughs> Sounds like a great weekend. We're oh, keeping it close hope. to home. Just got a new puppy, so. Oh, awesome! Got to get got to get him trained up. So, well, don't we? Uh, we have to train everything and everybody, right? That's our goal. <laughs> it is, and that that actually kicks right into our topic today. We're going to talk about uh, compliance program maturity models. Uh, earlier this month, I was at an NATF WICF peer share, and there was a lot of discussion around benchmarking and maturity models and what they need to be gold plating and what they probably don't need to. And I'll just say a lot of the things that were discussed, the, the handful of us that are former auditors in the room were kind of shaking our heads on some of it. Other pieces, they, they definitely hit the mark. But um, one of the ones that just drove me nuts was a, a discussion about how far behind the region was on settling their some of their open enforcement actions, mm. which... I know I looked at Mike Alameda, I'm like, what are we, why are we talking about this? That has, that's totally outside the wheelhouse or even the control of the utility. Um, what are some of the things you've seen that are kind of head scratchers on? Well, that that's one of them, but that's been a long time, you know, uh, issue that uh, all regional entities have fought at some point. I remember at the very beginning of, uh, you know, the, the audits that we were, you know, getting ready for audits and all the self-reports and uh, mitigation plans flying in and, you know, and uh, just being so far behind, uh, you know, kept trying to catch up that, you know, you kind of had to, and we ended up at, at WEC, you know, doing what we called a Zeromnobus, which is uh, basically, here's a, here's, thank you for telling us your issues, uh, here's a zero dollar fine, and, you know, just to catch up, so, you know, the, those are challenges, but yeah, like you said, that's really outside of utilities capabilities of, of, of influence, right, they, they really don't have a lot to control there. And that, that's a staffing issue mostly um, for, for regional entities. And it's really, you know, difficult for that to keep up. But I can see that, you know, it being a frustration point for a compliance office, right? We're trying to move forward and, uh, you know, you're not getting that, that, that feedback back from your regional entity, uh, your enforcement groups or your, your auditors, whoever's doing it in the, in the particular region. And that uh, really can play havoc on um, any compliance program that you're trying to manage and, and, uh, you know, mature. And I, I think that's one of the topics we wanted to talk about, Nick, was, you know, the maturity of compliance programs. Uh, uh, you know, what, what, what do we have to do to help with that? And I think one of the key things that uh, we've been discussing is, you know, you got to measure, right? You, know, you got to have some kind of maturity model in place in order to measure your successes and, and you know, establish that program. And, and uh, you know, I see a lot of maturity models around cybersecurity, right? Let's measure our or cybersecurity or physical security, uh, um, you know, prowess. How well are we doing? How are we meeting, um, you know, our, our expectations in, in those in that discipline? But I don't see much in the compliance side. Are we maturing our compliance programs? And I think that's an area where, where utilities really can have some influence and, and, and work towards uh, some successes. 
Yeah, I know that was definitely a challenge for me when I was at Grant was trying to explain why I wanted to get things done a certain way. And then mm -hmm. executives would come back and say, well, that, that costs a lot of money. Do we really need to do that? So, do you want do you want to go into the audits and, and any of our engagements with WEC knowing that we're going to be fine? Mm -hmm. And they said, absolutely. I said, well, this is this is the path forward. And then they would ask, well, who else is doing it? Mm. Well, nobody really is. That's why it's. That's why there's there's not that consistent, easy audit situation. So. Well, and that's that's a challenge out there. What what model do you you know you you build your program off of? What what do you like in cybersecurity? We have you know a number of different frameworks to to buy into. We can go to the NIST CSF. You can go to you know ISACA type of frameworks. Uh, you know COSO if you want to get really into control based stuff. And there's all kinds of options out there for you. But in for peer compliance, especially for NERC compliance, let's take it down to that level. Um, there's nothing out there that helps guide utilities towards measuring their compliance success. And that means a program success. I'm not really talking about, you know, whether we're doing fine on SIPs, you know, SIP 3R2. Uh, it, you know, that might be part of the measurements, but really about your program. You know, what what aspects of your program are being measured for success? Are, are you meeting your time expectations? Are you measuring that? Um, are you uh, following a, you know, a, a structured governance model in order to assure that you have uh, you know, um, policies and procedures and processes that are being updated based on the changes of, of the compliance uh, regime? You know, the CMAP's up for a big change right now. I think it's out for vote. And uh, that's going to have an impact to the utilities. You know, that could be part of your measurements in order to you know, measure that maturity, our, our capability, right? It's a capability maturity model is what we're talking about specifically for compliance. Um, I think it's really needed. Yeah, that's that kind of got me thinking, and we've been talking a little bit about it, actually building something out at Framework around the compliance program maturity model. And, and honestly, it, it fits whether you're looking at NERC standards, the, the TSA, oil and natural gas, mm -hmm. really any compliance it's, it's very similar challenges when you peel back the actual requirements to the program, as you were saying. Yeah, I think um, that would be really good if, we, you know, we, we can uh, maybe uh, spearhead that at Archer. And, you know, I would love if any utilities listening to this, you know, if you want to plug into, you know, a conversation with us on that. And we're, we're looking to doing this as a, you know, kind of a white label type of a, um, solution for you. You know, we create it and you guys can run with it, you know, and maybe it's an industry type of thing that uh, we can uh, work together. We have a huge amount of experience and knowledge in this space, and uh, and I think we can come up with a pretty good framework if we, we all work together. If you were to look at like two to three things that you would be, say were major things that would move the needle for determining the maturity of a compliance program, where would you look? Oh, um, broadly, I would look at... Uh, um, <laughs> Fixing your cat or dog, yeah. <laughs> no. uh, cultural things. I think uh, improvements in your culture, uh, and, and that may be hard to measure, but there's definitely some KPIs that can be found uh, 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 for control culture improvements. I think uh, um, you know we talk a lot about training programs, uh, but do we really measure you know the the absorption of that 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 content? Uh, um, that's another area of measuring uh, su some success of your compliance. Uh, uh, another thing is just measuring those issues, you know, that uh, are near misses. 
uh, in your programs. And I know a lot of pro, um, programs already have that in there, but are they really calculating that as a maturity measurement? Are they looking at uh, over time, are we getting better or worse on this and, and really analyzing that? So I, I think those are probably my top three at this point. Yeah, those are all, all good ones. The one I always looked at where I always started um, and you could tell how an audit was going to go during the presentation when they'd show the org chart. And mm. you'd see where compliance sat in the organization, who they reported to, who they had dotted lines to. Um, if there were a lot of dotted lines, usually we'd layer in some questions early on to figure out if mm -hmm. those were true or if they were filtered. Right. Uh, I know that yeah. was one of the challenges I ran into is some of the people in my, my solid line organization didn't like what I was telling the dotted line people and wanted to be able to go in and uh, control that message. So mm -hmm. once that happened, that's when I knew, man, eh, it's probably time to move on. You know, you, you just brought that, that just brought back a flood of memories mm -hmm. of us uh, when we used to do audits uh, for, you know, the real audits. Uh, we would walk in and one of the first things we used to ask was, you know, do you want to do an internal compliance program assessment? Uh, because that could have benefit for you uh, in, in the event that you have something, you know, a PNC or something that shows up. But I haven't seen that recently. Have you, Nick? I, I mean, none of the regions seem to be asking that. Maybe it, maybe it's a part of the, the package that they get, a survey or something, but I have not heard that conversation for a long time. I think they're looking at a lot of it earlier on um, in the risk assessment piece, um, mm. which we did. I'm not sure how you did it when you were at WEC, but we did it. We had a risk assessment process, but it was fairly ad hoc um, and there was no real clear if this then it's a high risk versus oh if you have this then it's a low risk it was all judgment because there's just so many inputs into it um, one of the informal things we always looked at was how engaged are they in the industry are they they come into back then the sipug or the cug um, are they asking us questions between audits some of those things that those were the other pieces we I would look at as well is how well do they interact with the regulators? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things when I, and we've seen, I've seen cultures across the board and it's not necessarily a right or wrong, but it's definitely an, an insight into, I'd say the micromanagement or the control is are, are SMEs authorized to pick up the phone or send an email to an auditor or an enforcement person, or do they have to run everything through compliance or legal or executives or whoever? Um, the more filters you get, the worse it's worse it is. It does, yeah. And I think that's a maturity level, right? Because when you first start out, you're scared, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're worried that somebody's going to say something wrong, and the auditors are going to, you know, ding you for that. But in reality, when there's not an audit going on, they're there to answer questions, and they'll tell you whether they can't answer it or not. So, yeah. you know, from a maturity perspective, you want to empower your compliance analysts and people, even you know, responsible for compliance in the field, to be able to ask those questions is quickly and unfiltered as possible, because I think that's just a huge factor in, you know, getting to the truth faster. So I, yeah, that's a good measurement too. I think, um, there's so many that can be defined, right. But that, I think that's the first and foremost thing that we need to do is have some, some, uh, you know, a, a, a template per se of, of metrics that you can apply to any type of, um, capability maturity model is, you know, assigned to a, a compliance program. And I think, uh, that's something that I, 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 I'm glad that you, you know, the conversation's happening and uh, that uh, maybe we can take the lead here and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think that's a, a really key. Those are some of the key indicators I always look at. Really, it's around the communication. That's ultimately the underlying thing I see on a lot of this, um, whether it's communication within the organization, 
um, mm -hmm. with the regulators. Uh, and then that leads into my other big one is, is your staffing and your training. Do you have a, a revolving door somewhere in your organization? Are your SMEs steady? What kind of training do you give them or do you just throw them to the wolves? Right. And, and, and programs like this, you know, if you get, you know, really formalize this, this is a, a you know, a regular event. You're not just a one-time type of a assessment. It's a, it has to be ongoing. You can't, it, it has very little use if it's done one time, but if it's done over time, you can show those trends and you can also, then, then it gives you a tool to talk to your, to your executives about my staffing levels, for example. Yeah. Maybe you're doing a great job and everybody loves working for you, but you can't get enough staff to do what you need to do. And this could potentially indicate you know, you know, the need and uh, provide you that ammo that you need to, to increase you know, budgeting for, for this compliance uh, program. Well, that was one of the things that it was kind of a surprise to me because I was still fairly new to the, the senior management director-ish level at the time. But the, my CFO, when I first got to Grant, when he was talking about staffing, he said, don't staff for your peaks. You know what mm -hmm. you need. And for me, he was talking security at the time, but it really fit compliance because in security, we had um, almost doubled our security force in the summer just because we had a lot more public coming into our recreation sites. Mm -hmm. But I took that into compliance and, and put together a roadmap that I'm not sure if they're still using it, but it was a three-year cycle based around the audits of when I was going to pull contractors in and how. And he looked at that and he went, you get it. Yep. This is the way to do it. Staff right. for your steady state, use external resources for those peaks. Mm -hmm. um, that way you don't end up in those valleys where you've got two people sitting around doing nothing in a four-person shop. And, that, and that's, a that's a difficult thing to measure sometimes, in, in, you know, especially in the NERC compliance with the moving targets, right? We have so many new uh, standards, things being changed. You, you got to look at that too. But that could be part of you know, a peak versus a steady state. But there's a steady state component to change. Uh, so, you know, you got to make sure you calculate that into your, your measurements. And, and I think that's what maturity models uh, give you is that, that framework in order to, you know, assess this properly. And you can tell, you know, where, where your goals are, you know, and maybe gold-plated isn't where you want to be, but you can see what gold-plated looks like. And then you can look at what adequate looks like and what you can look at deficient looks like. And, and maybe those aren't the exact criteria, but if you have that in, in play, and you have, you know, a, a framework in which to generate these reports based on, you know, real facts, real information. Um, you're going to be able to manage that program so much better. Uh, and in, in, it also spotlights the weaknesses, um, not only in, you know, the things that we just talked about, but it, it does play into the weaknesses associated with, uh, you know, your, your actual being compliant. Um, not the purpose of necessarily a maturity model, but that is a feeder into a maturity model is, is the level of compliance that you are, you know, in, in the field. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this is a tool that is much needed in the industry. I suspect there's are a number of uh, utilities that do this uh, to some extent, but uh, there's nothing universal. And it would be really nice to have that, that standard-based uh, approach to, um, you know, that, that everyone can look at or at least borrow from. Um, not saying that uh, we're going to have a perfect product for you because uh, you know this, Nick. Um, every utility is a snowflake that's getting overused. I got to come up with another term. <laughs> There's got to be something else. Uh, every utility is a fingerprint. I don't know. Yeah, one of the things that I, I think that I really, you really hit on it is let's define what the standard is, what gold plating is, and what's deficient. Because one of the things I routinely hear is, oh, we're gold plating because we had a good audit. Well, mm. Did you? 
would, how would your audit, that's one of the things I come back to compliance managers, how would your audit have gone if you weren't there? Or that's your, your one key SME wasn't there? Said everywhere, somebody has a, a single-threaded challenge. I've yet to see a utility that didn't have some pretty strong heroics going in the compliance side, or, and the security side, frankly. So until you can lose anybody on your team and not lose sleep over that, I don't think you're gold plating. I, I don't think, think so either. I think yep. you're getting it done at best. Yeah. But and, and you may only be getting it done for that period of time, right? Yeah. There's a lot of variables associated with an audit. Um, it could be that the auditor, that that region is overwhelmed at the time. And mm -hmm. so your audit was kind of a cursory one. And that yeah. happens. Um, and then you wonder why, you know, three years from now or six years from now, you get another audit, different team different time frame, and suddenly you have a whole bunch of PNCs and you're going, what happened? And that is a, you know, part of your measuring, you know, what type of audit did I get? Um, you know, and how ready was I for that audit and, and how well did things come out or how well would have it come out if it hadn't been in that condition? Um, so I think that's uh, I think that's a big play. I would say you're not gold plating until you've gone through a mock audit with Stacy Leonard and Bob and got only positive <laughs> observations, then you're, you're getting into gold plating territory. Yeah. Especially the, what is it? Leonard's a dark Lord of uh sip. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, his questions will kill you and they're great questions, right? Um, these are uh, things that could happen to you. Um, yeah. I, you know, and I think there's probably something that you know, a lot of utilities don't realize is that, you know, there's ebb and, ebb and flows in, in the level of uh, scrutiny you're going to get in these audits. And um, right now we're kind of at a, a little bit of a low on some regions and, and, but that can pop right back up to, to getting that, uh, you know, those, those really stringent audits that, uh, you know, end up resulting in really bad outcomes and, um, All it takes is, is one event. I mean, ask the, the entire pipeline mm, sector about Colonial or exactly. one congressperson getting a burr and going after starting to put a bunch of congressionals out. One last thing I want to hit on, because we haven't touched on it yet, and you can't have a good conversation around maturity and compliance without tools and controls. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see that fitting in? Uh, I think yeah. we've all seen the shelfware. Yeah, we see a lot of shelfware, and I think that's a big measure, measurement of, uh, of success of your compliance program. How how uh, um, much of the tool that you purchase to do your support in compliance has been utilized. Um, and, and I know it's difficult uh, because a lot of, a lot of tools are look like shiny objects and they have all kinds of cool things they say they can do. Um, but that doesn't always, that doesn't come out of the box. It takes time, right? You have to have, you know, um, uh, you know, you know, a really good plan of rollout of these tools. And, and I think that's a hit and miss almost all the time or, you know, that, uh, utilities will buy a product and, and under scope how much time it takes to implement configure. And then the maintenance is almost always forgotten. So that's a measurement, um, aspect of it. You know, I, we purchased a automation tool to fit, you know, to fit this process compliance process. How well did that go? Um, and I think that's a, a measurement that needs to be accounted for. Another big piece I see get overlooked with tools is the, the user training and the, mm -hmm. the management training. We had a great tool at Grant that was homegrown and it worked phenomenal until the person who built it retired. Mm. We literally had to hire her daughter back um, through an Upworks contract to help get it figured out enough that we could keep it going. That another piece where these aren't fire and forget. Very rarely is there a tool that you can just plug in and, and not worry about the people that have to work on it. Right. So you have to you have to tr 
you know, that's another measurement, training the, 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 the operators of those tools, right? And having backup and contingency plans associated with that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I look at it is it with the tool is, is it giving me a consistent, sustainable, repeatable outcome? If not, then it still needs work and it's not fully implemented yet. You know, that could be, you know, at a high level, it's part of the overall compliance maturity measurement, but that could be its own maturity um, assessment is just project-based, right? That, that mm-hmm. particular element. So if you're doing projects, right, and you're managing project management, which we do here at Archer, we do a lot of project management, um, it involves, you know, those stop gates and measurements along the way to make sure you're hitting the success. But it always starts at the beginning where you're bu- building those business roles and you're building a business plan adequately to associate with, the, you know, the need of the company and what it's going to take. You know, it's really a, a miss if you go to um, your management and say, I need to buy this tool and this is how much it costs. And it is only, you know, the three-year cost of the product. You've missed an opportunity there and you've really done a disservice to your organization. So to me, that would be a deficiency in your maturity model of, of, of you know, managing automation. That's one of the things I think gets overlooked so many times. I'm sure you've seen it too, where at best you usually see is kind of what I call a 75% implementation. We got it to good enough. Yeah. And, it, and you leave so much on the table in that last 25%. Well, and then the negative side of that is nobody uses it, right? Or they say they use it just to show management we're using it, but they have their back-end spreadsheets that are still they're relying on, and, and, yeah. and that's always a challenge. Yeah. Great conversation. There's a lot of a lot of opportunity here, and like you said, Stacy, if you're you're listening to this and you want to get involved with helping put together kind of the first, I think probably the first comprehensive compliance maturity model, let us know. Reach out. We'd love to have that input. Uh, the biggest thing that I always learn is I don't know what I don't know, um, and every time I talk to somebody else, I learn something else I need to learn. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Have a great weekend. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash at ArcherU. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, you can head on over to our website at archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, and at Archer SEC on Twitter. Thanks for listening and check back every other week for brand new episodes of Direct Connect.